Hey everyone, I am the Chosen One Legend here, as always joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Kai, also known as Faskarine. And welcome back to Bunch of Jokers, where we talk about bits of gaming news and other topics from the past month. And it's it's been a little quiet, of course, we are sort of building up to what you would call E3 season, even though E3 is long dead at this point, so it's really just Summer Games <laughs> Fest. But, um, yes. But there's still been some bits to talk about. We've got some news here. Of course, I should mention up front again, we're still uh, not ready on Future Redeemed yet. Kai's literally going to be starting that tonight when we're recording this. Yes. So, uh, but that will be coming probably later this month, whenever Kai finishes. We'll probably start talking about it very shortly afterwards. But uh, Indeed. in the meantime, we've still got some stuff here. So we might as well get started with our first segment of the podcast, can't have a podcast about news, baby, where we talk about the news topics. And if you do want to hop around the different segments, you can use timestamps in the description below. But to be honest, really the, the huge thing this month was the Sony State of Play they did. And whilst mm -hmm. there wasn't a large amount of things to go into, at least not from our perspective and the games we play, probably the biggest deal that they ended on was Spider-Man 2, which we knew was coming this year. It's been confirmed for fall. Uh, 2023, unless it gets delayed, which, you know, it's it's possible. <laughs> but yeah. we got some look at him in action with, like, the new Venom suit, and I'm, like all of us, I'm just hoping they go meme with the Spider-Man 2 film references and do the dance. <laughs> Make it happen. I have to start See with you, that. Chump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be really nice. I think the more references, the better. Um... Yeah, no, the, the game, it looks interesting, though. I think that there's, of course, a lot of potential like there was with the first one, so... Mm. Yeah. It's cool that you have... What we've got a proper look at is switching between Peter and Miles and being able to play as both of them is really neat. We saw a lot of the um, sort of gameplay mechanics using the Venom suit where he can sort of attack everyone at once with the tendrils. And from, like, a story perspective, we definitely do see that Peter is kind of going a little bit darker and is having that the same effect it had in the film, where it's sort of affecting his mindset, it seems. So it definitely will be interesting mm. to see how that goes down. Like, maybe at one point you might have to fight Peter as Miles or something. There's some really good potential they could do with that. Um, so as long as they... I feel like they're going to take it a lot more seriously than you know, the Spider-Man 2 film did, of course. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but what I do hope at least is, like, you, some small references. Like, one thing is... In the main, in the first game, when you're sort of on the street, you can press square, which usually is attack, but on the street, he'll just like finger snap at random citizens or whatever, or wave <laughs> to them. So I want. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I've not it's, first, so. it's a really neat idea, like a, a small little detail. But if they could implement that, so when you're in the Venom suit, he like does the dance or something instead. <laughs> that, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> it could be like a button combo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, different combos get different different schmoves. Yeah, let's make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, safe to say, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. I feel like you know, the first one was great. I talked about it back on the podcast back when I played it. And I feel like we, we didn't see too much really because what they did was they showed what was probably the intro of the game or one of the early segments. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get like a proper look at other stuff or other villains except Craven the Hunter who we know is going to be a sort of big factor in it. Yeah. but um, Which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, definitely sort of moving on to more of the Spider-Man iconic villains uh, 
definitely seems like he'll be interesting to go up against. But yeah, we'll find out more. We'll talk about it more whenever they start to show things off a bit. But seeing as it's meant to be coming out in a few months, that probably won't be too long. So yeah, looking forward to all of that. But the only other thing I think is really worth mentioning for us from the uh, Sony State of Play was that we got um, some Metal Gear news, of all things. That they're releasing ports of the original 3 as like a collection. And Metal Gear Solid 3 is getting a remake, uh, Delta, um, on, I think, PlayStation and Xbox. I think it's multi-platform. But, yeah. Right. I mean, this is... I've never played Metal Gear. I'm guessing you haven't either, Kai? No, I never touched it. Yeah, so... I mean, this is the fact they're releasing ports as well of the originals. Maybe this is a good time if if Tears of the Kingdom hadn't consumed my soul for the next six months. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a cool idea. I know people love this series. People are very passionate about it. And it's sort of been stagnant since the last game when Kojima left. Um, mm-hmm. So if this could maybe revitalize the series without him, that's only good news, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it looks good. I mean, of course, we didn't see much. It was just a bit of CG, but mm. no, it looks good. So hopefully the game ends up being good quality and revives the series a little bit, and that would be nice to see. Yeah, definitely got to keep an eye on this one. But that is really it. I'm guessing there wasn't anything else in the state of play you want to mention, Kai? Um. Oh, I guess um, Foam Stars actually comes to mind, because everyone's oh, talking yeah. about that. Um, I, it literally just popped into my head. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's received very interesting feedback. Um, this is true. <laughs> Splatoon, wow, uh, which is something else we'll get onto. But like, um, it's um, here's the thing. I don't hate the concept. No, because it does something very different to Splatoon, where you sort of paint your own terrain not not just like painting the ground to swim in it but it's like no you can paint the terrain to make like slopes for yourself and different you know mountains to stand on things like that and and it almost reminds me of um you know various different superheroes um mm. strangely enough frozone is the one that comes to mind first which <laughs> you know i'm sure there's better examples but i think yeah. you get the vibe of making your own terrain um and and that that's good um the problem is it mm, the, it doesn't look very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. It's the the main thing is visual clarity. There's no outlines on anything. There's it's it's really hard to tell what's going on. So it just kind of looks like a mess. I feel like if they had a bit more clarity in what's happening on the game, then you know maybe it could be good. But at the moment, it just doesn't visually have any appeal to it. I think because you, you just can't tell what's going on. Yeah, I um, think a lot of people are sort of focusing on the, oh, well, it's just a Splatoon rip-off, but that, I I don't really get that from it, because I think it's clearly got some inspiration, but, you know, why yeah, not take inspiration? Yeah, why not take an idea and then do it in a different way on your own? That that, that makes sense, but I do see what you mean, that mm-hmm. it's still, I doubt it's going to have anything to the level of Splatoon's popularity. I mean, that's a given, really, but, um, yeah. Yeah. That's well, the, the thing about it is... Mm-hmm. um. The, the main reason... At first I was like, oh, it's not like a Splatoon rip-off. It's just like got a similar idea. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it's closer to Fortnite with the terrain, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Unironically, it's more like Fortnite in a sense, especially with the visual design. Mm. Uh, but then I got to the part of the video where they show off the specials in the game. 
the specials are one for one exact copies of Splatoon. Right. <laughs> like the rest of the game, it's like, okay, no, I can kind of see the originality, I can see the potential, it's just, you know, they've got some things to work on. Every single special attack is, like, a very, very clear copy of one that has existed in Splatoon. And again, you know, if there was only a couple of those, I'd understand, oh, well, you know, one move where you, you go into a ball mode and then you can explode on impact at people. So mm. okay, no, okay, no, that, that can transfer across different games. I understand how there might be some crossover. But yeah. when it happened for like the sixth special in a row, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's it's it's gone a little far now. Um but yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where we let them refine the game a bit more and, and see what happens in a couple months' time. Yes. And I do. I suddenly remembered one thing. Talking about um, potential Nintendo ripoffs, that did make me realise they also did that. Showed off their like their answer to the Switch, which is like a little portable oh, yeah. PlayStation <laughs> thing, which looks in the first place. God, I hate that design. <laughs> it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look compact like the Switch, and I think it also plays off PlayStation Remote Play, which, from my understanding, people don't like very much. So. Right. Generally, from people who know about it more than I do, I don't hear positive perception to this. But uh, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise that they're dipping their hands into trying to get their consoles in the portability mode, like the Steam Deck's doing, like Switch has been doing, you know. Um, but I don't think yeah. this is going to be the popular answer to it, In ultimately. <laughs> I mean, it's a very weird situation at this point in the yeah. whole industry, where Nintendo are coming up with all these really, really good ideas... Uh, but then other companies are just going like, well, that's a really good idea. We're going to do that, but with like actually good hardware, because Nintendo just doesn't have good hardware. That's the, the unfortunate fact of it. Hmm. Um, but, you know, of course they have these really good ideas and these really good games. Uh, so all these other companies are like, well, we'll just do games that are like similar on hardware that looks similar, but plays better. And they haven't quite mastered it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they will before the Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever it is comes out. Mm. Um, I think that'll be another step ahead in creativity that the other companies try and catch up to whilst being miles ahead on uh, hardware. But I mean, I if you know, look all back of that's at... a side of things I'm not familiar with. So Yeah, I mean, we look back at things like, you know, the Wii and then the PlayStation Move or whatever it was that they had there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a long history of it. <laughs> so... Um... It will be, yeah. again, it'll be interesting to see if this does become popular, but we don't know anything about price yet. It's likely to be ridiculously expensive, and by fact it uses remote play, Not it's not really a console in itself, it's clearly not going to be on the same level. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting either way. And, of course, there's, like, again, VR stuff, but that also falls into the battle of who's paying... There's, you know, enough for PSVR 2 at this point with the games it has. It's just not really worth the investment. Ultimately, I think, mm-hmm. is the problem. But uh, we'll see. Um, why don't we move things on, Vokai, to your bit of news for today. Why don't you tell us mm-hmm. a bit about the Splatoon 3 update? Yeah, so Splatoon 3 is moving into its fourth season now, the sizzle season. It's Ooh. across the uh, three months of summer. Sizzle season. And, um, yeah, as as it goes, they've got their new update video they did. Um, pretty good trailer. I, I do like these these... Splatoon season trailers, by the way. They're all mm. quite sort of... They're, they're good at showing off everything that's new and keeping it, you know, high-paced high and things. It's just good. 
Yeah. Um, so they showed off various things. Um, first off, uh, stages. There's a new one called Barnacle and Dime, and they brought back Humpback Pump Track from Splatoon 2. Um, and the, normally I wouldn't dwell on these, but the Barnacle and Dime new stage is very interesting because um, Splatoon 3's got a bit of a weird map design tendency where you know the um, Tetris piece, the um, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, the Z shape or whatever people call it. Uh-huh. Um, out of all the Splatoon stages, over half of them have that exact same shape to them. <laughs> right, For yeah. some reason, like, they just all have the same shape and structure to them with, like, you know, there are differences in the middle, but ultimately that's what it always boils down to. Yeah. And the exact same thing has happened here. This new stage is just that again. And, and again, maybe it will be a good stage, because we haven't seen the exact details of it. Um, I mean, saying that, it literally came out today. I haven't checked it. Um, but it's just funny how, like, they've done the exact same thing for the stages again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they learn to make something original in the future, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, Painbrush is a new weapon they've introduced from the, uh, the, what is it, the brush class. Yes. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's like a brush with more range, but it has more startup time. Um, <laughs> looks like it could be really fun if you get in the right position with it. I'm thinking I might main it, depending on how I enjoy it. Um, hmm. So that's got some potential. They also introduced the S-Blast, where it does a different range of attack, depending on if you're jumping or not. Because uh, blasters are very, like, distance-dependent. Um, yes. So it's cool how you have multiple different distances you can play around. Uh, so those are the only two new weapons. Apart from that, they've just got a bunch of old weapons with new kits. Um... There is the new Salmon Run stage, the Jam and Salmon Junction. Not much to say about it. Looks kind of cool. That's a gotten um, name. Like a... I just have to get that out there. <laughs> yeah, Jam and Salmon Junction. I like it. It's um, it's a very interesting one because it kind of looks like it's a highway type thing. Yeah. And in the background, you can see what I think people are saying is the stage of one of like the Splatoon bands, because of course Splatoon has got like loads of different bands who play the music and whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um. So people are saying like, oh, it would be cool if they appeared every once in a while, which I don't think is going to happen, but it would be cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, new stage is always appreciated. Um, very minor updates to Table Turf, but I did want to cover it, the card game. They've introduced in Table Turf a, a new maximum rank of 999. Are you to going for a card? I've spent... <laughs> No, <laughs> I've spent maybe like 20, unironically like 20 hours, maybe more, in Table Turf, and I'm still only like rank 30. Jesus Christ. Because um, it takes, <laughs> it takes forever. I think when I calculated it, at the current level I'm at, it takes like maybe 15 wins or something like that to level up once, mm. and a win takes like three to five minutes, so like, it's like really long, it's really, really long, um... So getting to 999 is something where, unironically, you would have to spend, like, 500 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's nuts. It's actually nuts. Oh. Um, so uh, if I ever see anyone with that, uh, the badge you get for reaching 999 on Table Turf, um, I'm either going to call them a hacker or, like, book them into an insane asylum, because... <laughs> 
Some, one of the two. Some madman's going to do it, and not even in a long period mm. of time. Like within like two weeks, it's going. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just waiting for the Twitter screenshot. It's yeah. Gonna <laughs> um, well. And then the final thing, the most interesting thing that I think is worth mentioning, is uh, they have introduced a new mode called challenges. Now these challenges are only limited time. Unfortunately, they only appear like every couple weeks or so. Oh yeah. Um, for a day. Uh, but these are like different modifiers on the game uh, that you can play in online matches. Mm. Uh, and they look really cool. So, for example, um, the ones we saw in the trailer were you can only play weapons that have Trizooka. Um, and your your special charge is like really fast in it, apparently. So people are going to be getting it all the time. Mm. Um, a mode where the fog keeps rolling in and out occasionally, so you can't see what's in front of you. Uh, which I kind of like as a close-range player, yeah. because <laughs> uh, I can't get sniped then, hopefully. Uh, and then also ones where you can just like jump really high, uh, which just breaks some of the stages in a really fun way. And and it reminds me of Goldeneye, um, yeah. these, these little modifiers. And I think that they're really, really cool. So it's a shame that you can only play them every once in a while, but regardless of that, I think they're an amazing concept to be introduced. I wonder if you can, like, enable them in private lobbies or something? I don't know if that's a feature. But... I'm not sure. I'd have to check. That would be um, nice if it is. I hope you can. Yeah. 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 If not, then I'm sure they'd maybe introduce it in a later point, but the sooner the better, really. Because mm. um, they do look like genuinely really cool ideas that, that would be fun to play around, so I yeah. guess we'll have to wait and see. That's quite a neat addition. But that's basically it from the update. Yeah, I think it's one of the best updates they've added. Yeah, and it's something um, they can expand challenges. upon in further updates. They can add more challenges, new types of ones. So definitely a lot of potential yes. there for not just now, but for the future as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I say this every single time you bring up Splatoon. I need to play more of it. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> I've, I've got too many hours clocked, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nintendo stopped releasing games. Or mm, it doesn't matter at this that. point anyway. Tears of the Kingdom is my life for the rest of the year, but it's uh... <laughs> yeah. And if I'll they def... don't announce anything else, we'll be chilling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, next time, like our friend Sam does it on stream or something, that's sort of my opportunity. I hop in, so uh, definitely up for right. joining some friendlies with fr online friends and that. So uh, yeah, neat stuff. Mm -hmm. But that is really it for the news, except. I, we, I did want to quickly mention here, we might have delved into this kind of things a bit before, but that's also really it for Nintendo because we know so little about what's coming up for them. We're at this situation yeah. where the only two, now that you know Tears of the Kingdom is out, the only two like first-party Nintendo games we know about, I believe, are Pikmin 4 in July and Metroid Prime 4, which God knows when, that might even be delayed to the next console at this point. We don't have a date. 100%, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we're kind of waiting now. Tears of the Kingdom is gone. What is next for Nintendo? And seeing as we're sort of approaching E3 season, even if there is no E3, I kind of wanted to bring this up. Kai, do you think we're going to get a big Nintendo Direct thing like shortly around sort of the summertime? And if so, do you think we're going to get a lot. Like, what do you think we might get for the rest of this year? Um, I think we're absolutely going to get one in the summer. I mm. think they'll 100% they'll do their E3 replacement direct. Um, and it, within that, I'm basically certain that it will end on or start on 
a big new game that's going to be the Christmas release. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if we said it on the podcast or if we just said it in passing, hmm. but um, I think without a doubt it's going to be a new Mario game. I think Mario Odyssey 2. Um, just because, you know, off the success of the movie, I feel like they have to bring a new Mario game soon. Yeah. Um, they didn't do the summer because obviously Tears of the Kingdom is the summer. So the next possible opportunity for like a big release would be sort of around Christmas just before it. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it's got to be Odyssey 2. Um, Odyssey sold very well, I believe. It was very well received. It's been a long time since that was released too, so <laughs> that that's that's what I'm waiting for basically, and and I'm looking forward to talking about that when it does happen. I'm I'm sure it will. Yeah, that's that's a really good bet because of course, Mar the Mario movie, which I didn't bring up in topic this month, but is still increasing in sales. It's currently the third. Oh, it's crushing it. Yeah, it's the third highest grossing animated film of all time, only behind mm -hmm. Frozen One and Frozen Two. And it's probably going to overtake Frozen 1, if not 2. So it's... That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's remarkable how well it's doing. So this is going to be introducing loads of kids to Mario for the first time. They're going to be getting Switches and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is still selling, of course, for the first time. <laughs> and you're absolutely right that winter, a big Mario game, it makes too much sense not to. So I feel like even, even if somehow it is an Odyssey 2 and it's something like... I don't know, another sort of 3D world style game or something like that. Like, there's got to be something Mario this Christmas. And yeah. I think that's pretty much the safest bet we've got because we so we know so very little and it's got to be because they're winding up towards their next console. You know, this is very familiar to like the end of the, the Wii U lifetime where things started to wind right. down right before the Switch came out. And obviously back then we knew that we knew a success was coming. We had we heard about the NX because they needed to announce something, but at this point, the Switch is still doing well. They don't need to, they don't need to rush out something quickly and assure people that yes, we're getting the sequel console out. But yeah. they have mentioned as much like that the Switch is performing not as well as they'd anticipated at this point, which makes sense. It's nearing the end, and whilst Tears of the Kingdom is mm -hmm. going to give that a boost, everyone is waiting at this point. So, I feel like next year is probably a lock for whatever is upcoming next. I feel like that's sort of... They've, they've said they have no plans for new hardware this year. But I feel like next year's kind of got to be at this point. But that does leave winter open. Winter is the open slot where you kind of need something. And if it's not Prime 4, which I don't think it is at this point, Mario, yeah, that feels like a safe, a safe bet. So, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. The question I, I guess also is worth asking is, if we are getting a successor next year... Do you think they're going to announce that this year at, at like a big E3? The, the console, you mean? Yeah, because a big E3 season would be the time to do it. But then again, given that there is no E3, it doesn't really make much odds which direct you announce that. So, do, do you think... I, could... I think it's absolutely possible. 100% mm. possible. I, I can't say it's going to happen for sure, obviously, and I no. don't like the people who make, <laughs> an, you know whatever it is, the new Nintendo console thing tr tr trend every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, not nothing nothing to do with that, but um, yeah, if we can get 
uh, a new announcement for a new console, then that would be appreciated. And it does seem like the most opportune time to do it. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. It almost could be a case of, you know, it's sort of not quite Breath of the Wild where it released at the same time, because I don't think it's releasing this winter. Um, but right. it could be a thing where, hey, and then you can play it on the next console in a few months' time and there'll be an upgrade or something. and Or, or like, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake where the DLC was exclusive to the PS5 version or something like that. Um, it's possible they do something along I those I do lines. wonder if they'd if they'd remake Tears of the Kingdom for it, maybe with, like, upgrades in it or something, I don't know. Well, interestingly, I'm surprised we haven't heard about a Tears of the Kingdom season pass or anything, because we knew about Breath of the Wilds before it released, and it released short, and then the first upgrade released, like, three months afterwards. So that kind of would make sense if they're doing some sort of... It's DLC is going to be exclusive to the Switch version. Even if, even if you know, you can play the... Your, your Switch version on the Switch 2, say, and it just is like a free upgrade like they've been doing from PS4 to PS5 for some stuff. It'll be... Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to play Switch games, no matter whatever the successor is at this point. It can't not, really. So, yeah, I go, we'll, we'll see. But that, that could line up. Um, we'll find out, definitely. Of course, if no matter what happens, if they do announce it, if we do get some big Nintendo news in June, we'll be reacting to a direct. We'll be covering it afterwards. So, yeah, of course. stay tuned here for whatever happens, even if it's just Summer Games Fest and Jeff Keighley shaking hands with all his friends for 20 hours or whatever it is. Oh, I can't wait for Just Dance to get another award. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Especially now that it's an Olympic sport. It's, it's getting big now. It's big, big stuff for Just Dance. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it was the most anticipated game of 2022. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, but that, that does move us on to our next segment of the podcast, Games Time Baby, where we talk about the games that we've been playing over the past month or so. And Kai, I know you've been playing one for the past two months or so, so why don't you get us started here? Yes. Uh, yeah, so th- th- this is going to be somewhat of an extended one, because this has been a big game for me. Mm. Uh, I've been playing Octopath Traveler 2. Um, you know, I picked it up like a week or so after it released, maybe. I can't exactly remember. Uh, and I've just been playing it in my own time, I've just been enjoying it, and honestly, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm. Um, I never picked up the first, to clarify, I know not very much about the first, um, and I just wasn't interested in it back then. I saw the visual style and I was like, oh, you know, it, it looks good but not for me, mm. um, was the main thing I was taking away from it, I didn't pay much attention to it. Uh, but I tra- played the uh, demo for this one, as did you. And I was yeah. like, mm, you know, this actually feels really good. Uh, it's like really chill. Um, so I picked up the full game and, and I've just been playing it ever since. I don't know how you found the demo. Yeah, I mean, I had the exact same situation as you really because I um, I played the Octopuff 1 demo back in the day and whilst I liked a lot All of right. it, like, the, you know, the voice acting, the music was great, it felt a bit too archaic in some ways and I think that's a common criticism of the full game is it's it's a bit too old-school difficulty in the way that leans towards bullshit at times, people say, of the first one. Right. Um, so it, it, I never really felt the need to pick up the first one, and given that, I thought, yeah, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom and Star Wars and that, I'm not going to get time to play the second one. I just I sort of knew it was something I wasn't going to play. But then I yeah. sort of... I had a bit of time before... before like I think it was just before the Xenoblade DLC came out, 
where I was like, okay, I have nothing to play now, and why don't I just try out the Octopath 2 demo? Sure, I have time. And it surprised me, because it was it was really good. Like It seemed to make so many improvements upon the first one. And just some... Whilst I can't exactly nail it down, because it's been such a long time, and I never played the first one fully, and I know, you, of course, like you said, you didn't play the first one either, but yeah. something about it just felt so much more fluid and inviting. And that's something I've heard from a lot of people talking about it as a step up from one. And I, I, mm-hmm. I played this and I was like, okay, this is something special and I might actually have to pick this up. So this it's on my list now and I purposely haven't been watching our friend Sam stream it, which I was originally planning to because I was like, yeah, I kind of want to discover it for myself eventually, even if it's like a, a next year or two years time, get it up on the sale, you know, that kind of situation. The demo sold yeah. me on it completely. And from my understanding of what I've heard from you, the full game continues that level, uh, I believe. Yeah, it only really gets better is the thing. Um, yeah. I guess covering different aspects of it. Um, first off, just like the general exploration, I think is a really good idea of, um, you know, having the eight heroes that you recruit across the game for the first part of it. And then uh, just exploring each area uh, mm. is, is very good. Um I like how the world connects together and, and you've got all your different towns that have different things in them. Um, I like how within every town you've got your own stories and things. And one of my favourite parts, which I believe was in the first game, was every single NPC you can interact with in... Or every single NPC that you can talk to, you can interact with in such an interesting way. Mm. Because you can talk to them normally, but you can then, with certain characters... You can fight the characters to take their items or to learn skills from them. You can just, like, knock them out completely, which is required for certain quests. Uh, You can inquire to, like, learn more about them. uh, And they all have, like, every single NPC you can talk to has a backstory, which I think Mm. is, like, just unreal how good that is. Because there's a lot of NPCs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I like how a lot of those stories are, like, connected. Um... You know, you can do all of that. You can recruit any talking NPC into your party Mm. to have, like, certain skills. They all have a unique battle skill. They all have a unique dancer skill. They all have a unique merchant skill, depending on, you know, which character you recruit them with. Right. Uh, And it's like, that's so impressive (laughs) how that's possible. Uh, It's just clear that they put a lot of effort into it. And, And specifically with the inquiring, I liked that because there were a lot of ongoing stories between characters. For example... Um, there's a one town in the game where every single person in the town has a secret when you inquire about them. Uh, yeah. every, every single person is like, oh, I'm just like an innocent whatever, I'm just not doing anything interesting. And then every single one of them is they actually have a secret, and then it's something completely off the rails that you didn't expect. Right, um, yeah. Like, there's a guy at the entrance to the town who you talk to him and he's just like, oh, it's a great day today, don't you think? And then the the inquiry about him is he's actually a killer who's killed over a hundred people and is a serial (laughs) murderer and and, and enjoys the gore of every single one of his enemies. And it's like, oh my god, okay. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Some of of them you inquire about and, and it's just like they haven't felt anything in years or uh, they're cheating on their husband or like (laughs) one of them just says death, pain, destruction, death, pain, destruction, (laughs) death, pain, destruction on repeat. And it's nutty. And I I like that. I like how it doesn't feel like it's playing it safe. It Mm. just, it just fucks around and that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I really like that aspect of the exploration and just going through the different areas. Everything felt really good to do. It was something that you look forward to. Hmm. Um, and I ended up 100%ing it in the sense that I inquired and got items from every single NPC in the game. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> uh, which which required a lot of time of like going back to every single one because you have to be like yeah. certain levels for stuff. <laughs> um, so that's the exploration was really fun. Um the gameplay, like the battling, was was really good. Um, again, it felt like an upgrade from the first game in terms of what I've seen. A lot of it carries over, like a lot of the movesets and stuff, but they've been just tweaked and improved slightly. Mm. Um, so it all just felt good. Um, I liked the, you know, using the secondary classes, and there's like secret classes you get later on. Um, and just all the different... Um, like synergy was the main thing because just playing and putting everyone on whatever can only get you so far um later on in the game you need to start understanding synergy between certain skills right. to really like connect it all together and when you do that it feels great yeah i really um, love the um it's like you know the boost system where you can like charge up moves and that to do multiple yes. attacks it's the way you have to use that strategically yeah. is so clever and that's a completely unique layer to the combat compared to a lot of other RPGs. Yes, exactly. It just, it feels so unique. Because mm. um, one of the reasons I didn't really care for the original was, oh, it's just another turn-based game. I'm good, but like... And, and I've been falling out with turn-based game, a lot of turn-based games, like Pokemon, I'm just not interested in anymore. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, partly because of the quality of the new games and also just, I you know, I just find it kind of boring. Like mm. the 1v1 regular whatever um but having you know four allies and and so 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 many like different skills and abilities and you know passive skills and everything else just makes everything fun yeah and i never got bored of it um so so the gameplay was just superb to me i, I loved connecting it all together uh the the super boss was interesting uh we'll say that every <laughs> attempt took 45 minutes alone just for the just for the first phase of two that sounds very um, similar to what i heard about the first game super boss <laughs> yeah i ended up having to like cheese it with certain strategies yeah but, um <laughs> you know I, I think my record damage was uh like 240k in in one attack nice <laughs> uh which was a lot yeah um so i was pretty happy with that but yeah it, it's just great how the, the the battling evolves through the game with your different classes and stuff so that was amazing. Um, story story was superb. Um, what from what I know of the first game, I could be wrong, but it seems like all the characters weren't very connected in their stories. They were just kind of all doing their own thing, and then the the final stuff kind of connected them together, but not in a huge way. From what I read on the wiki, that's what I've heard as well. Um, yeah, like they they end up having a vague connection, but not really. In this game. Uh, the same thing applies for most of it. For, like, the first, you know, 80% of the game, when you're just going through everyone's regular stories, there's no crossover, really, at mm. all. Um, and that almost disappointed me a lot of the time, because when people had, like, you know, they had chapters in the same towns as each other, and I was thinking, oh, they could have, like, you know, done something story-wise to combine those chapters together, and then the characters could interact and things, but mm. um, it was all very separate. Um, 
but the stories were good regardless. They all had their own like motifs. They all had their own motives. They all had their own story beats and different things that happened in them. Um, and I really liked all of them. They were all pleasant. Uh, they they all I don't know. I just liked the contrast between them. They didn't do the same thing as each other. Yeah. Um, they all delivered something different, which which I appreciate because normally you can't do that in an RPG. You just have to stick to one storyline with subplots happening but this is like eight somewhat storylines happening yeah um so I, I really liked all of them i think that uh they all they were they're all very interesting in the sense that um by the end of it you're like oh that was a really good storyline but it it also every single one left you with an itch that you couldn't quite scratch at the same time mm -hmm. um i i finished them all feeling vaguely unsatisfied of like it was good but it feels like something's missing. Um, and then you have the... I, I won't go into detail, because spoilers, obviously. Yeah. Then you have stuff after all of their uh, final chapters are complete, where it then actually really connects them all together, like, really hard. Yeah. And revelations from those itches you couldn't scratch all come to a head. Like, there were various things where I just thought they weren't going to be covered. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird that that happened, but sure. Um... And then it just all connects together at the end, and I was blown away. Um, it was really, really impressive. Uh, they they did dump lore on me, I'll say that, uh, a lot of it, but I was here for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I really liked that. Um, just overall, the stories were very, very impressive. Um, of course, you can't flesh them out fully, being eight different ones, but they, they were all good. Um, yeah. And I guess the only other thing to take away from all of this um, was that it was the gameplay loop that I that I really thought was impressive. And and it, it, I, I noticed, I was thinking, well, you know, these stories, every single one of these stories felt very brief, and a lot of the dungeons felt very brief. So every single time I completed an area, a dungeon, a chapter, I was thinking, huh, that was kind of short. And then I looked at my playtime and I was at 120 hours. <laughs> um, and I realised, that's trippy, because every single thing has felt like it was just a bit short. But I'm 120 hours in and still wanting more. So, like, I was thinking, how have I been tricked into that? How's that happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I realised, every dungeon is no longer than 15 minutes. Uh, if you ignore, like, the boss taking 5-10 minutes. But, like, every dungeon in the lead-up to it is no longer than 15 minutes. Mm. Every story chapter has no more than, like, half an hour of, of story in them, which is broken up by, you know, the gameplay and stuff. Every single area you explore takes no longer than 15 minutes to go through. Every town takes no longer than 15 minutes to fully explore. Everything took around 15 minutes to do. Um... And you know there's like that thing about um, attention spam where like you lose concentration after 15 minutes or whatever? Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of that, of like, actually, it's perfect. Even though I thought that, you know, everything felt a bit short, it was perfectly timed. And I started noticing it more as I went through that by the time I reached an end of a dungeon, my mindset was, all right, I I'm ready for it to end now. Uh, a chapter, I was ready for it to end as soon as it ended. It all just felt like it was times where it was all short enough that you wouldn't get bored. But yeah. they had enough of it 
that it adds up to my end playtime being 130 something hours. Yeah. Um, so they, they just nailed it really, really, really well. Um, I don't think there's anything else to touch on really. Oh yeah, the music was superb. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> God, it, God, it was, it rivals, it rivals Xenoblade genuinely. Mm. Um, it's, it's one of those like up there best of all time kind of things. Yeah. Um, but overall it was just like a really enjoyable time. Um, and I think it would stand right now as being just my favorite, like turn-based classic RPG kind of game. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, I mentioned last year how triangle strategy was, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. And this is honestly up there with that as well now, yeah. uh, as one of the, my favorites. And, and I think it is possibly the best modern or ju just one of the best RPGs to exist full stop really like turn-based. Yeah. Um, I think it tr far beats anything Pokemon's ever done. Um, so I, I think it could be applauded as one of the best. And I, I had a little look, and it's apparently a team called Team Asano as part of Square Enix, who have been making this and Tristrat and Bravely Default. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to what they do next, I'll say that. Yeah. Because um, that very specific team is doing an amazing job at whatever they put in. Uh, and I ended it being very satisfied. So, yeah. There's my Octopath Two waffle over. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. And in the Game of the Year talks at the end of the year, I'll absolutely be mentioning it again in more retrospective action. Oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of good contenders this year. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but uh, in general, it's just it's good to see them taking what was already a beloved game and using the sequel to actually improve upon the faults it had. Uh, making it even better so that's that's just really good yeah. to see that it's lived not only lived up to the first game but fixed its problems and surpassed it from the general reception so yeah definitely mm -hmm. one i'll i'll be uh looking out for down the line when i have a break <laughs> but yeah, um... it is an rpg so it takes time <laughs> yes and as part of that for myself this month i'm probably gonna be a little brief here but generally yeah. i um i sort of plan to talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, I thought that would line up perfectly to play that and then finish it and talk about it this month. Then they shadow dropped a Xenoblade game three days before it came out, and that <laughs> <laughs> that um, put that on the hold, and whilst I'm nearing the end of that and we'll have things to say about it next month, I'm not quite there yet. So what I thought I would do is, given that with the length of the game it's going to be months before I'm talking about Tears of the Kingdom properly, I thought I might just give a few of my early impressions of the game here, now that I'm like yep. 15, 20 hours in. And surprise, surprise, it's really good. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to do follow-up Breath of the Wild, you know. There's a lot of expectation on you. And how do you follow up yep. such a, a game that has such an immediate, special feeling to it? The first time you play that game, it's special. And it's hard to ever replicate that. But somehow, Tears of the Kingdom really manages it. It's not maybe not quite it doesn't have that quite feeling of how unique breath of the wild was when it was first out which it's never going to it's a sequel but right. it's a miracle how despite that it somehow captures a very similar feeling and i won't go into any spoilers or specifics here but just from that moment you're first exploring the sky islands and you see it all spread out before you and you dive below and you see the surface and the sky sort of all in one big location with no loading screens or whatever you compare that to watching something like Skyward Sword where you dive in the limited space and then it load screens before you get to a limited linear overworld. Like, it's ridiculous how far we've come. Mm -hmm. 
and it just it, it never doesn't feel impressive on the level Breath of the Wild did that this runs on the Switch even if my Switch fan is chugging a little bit like it runs <laughs> pretty solidly without frame breaks most of the time and it, it's just insane and that that sort of carries on to gameplay mechanics where of course how much you could interact with the world of Breath of the Wild was what made it feel so special and you combine that with the new mechanics here of fusion and god hand and rising through the ground god the hand isn't that what <laughs> you've been called? playing too much in 11 i don't know i haven't played it you I, tell me maybe it's like ultra, it ultra hand it's ultra hands that's oh, it oh, yeah it's, i, I blame you say, <laughs> i thought you were talking about a different ability I was thinking no no you you've influenced me kai <laughs> curse you and you're in a zoom 11 deer's in my mind oh. still uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah all these new abilities link has like like, you think it's impossible to come up with 120 new shrine ideas after the ones they did in the first game, but no. They continue to innovate and add new ideas with different ways they implement these abilities that you, you learn in the shrine and you find ways you can implement that into the overworld afterwards. And it's just mm -hmm. crazy the level of stuff it does to that. And there's so much more, which I won't specify, but so much more to it that wasn't even in the trailers, that wasn't shown off. Like, even mm -hmm. what we saw before doesn't it's only like a scratch of the kind of things that are in this game and it's just ridiculous really like th they've done it again somehow yeah. <laughs> somehow <laughs> they managed to do it again and i know you're going to be starting up soon kai because you've got the game you finished octopath now and yeah you were in yes. for something special basically oh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it <laughs> yeah if, if you were sort of on the fence about this sort of a bit concerned about is this worth picking up as a sequel to breath of the wild like is it just going to be the same ground? No, it, it feels completely fresh and new. Even the land of Hyrule itself, like, yes, you sort of know the, the general topography of the areas, but it's completely different to the way that you experienced it before. There's so many changes. The characters you meet have changes to them. It's not just the same exact same scenario. I think one of the biggest improvements without going into specifics is enemy types. It's not just Spokoblings and oh, yeah. Little Folks, like Breath of the Wild was 90% of the time. It's there's so many different enemy variations, both ones we saw in the trailers and ones we didn't. It's it's completely fresh and there's just there was so much to do in Breath of the Wild and there's so much more here to do in Tears of the Kingdom. And yeah, I'm gonna be here forever. It's 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 never gonna end. <laughs> goodbye free time, yeah. goodbye social life. It's <laughs> Yeah. It's something special. I, I've not seen much, you know, of course I've, I've been trying to avoid it, but some things have, have uh, slipped through the cracks. Mm. So I, I'm aware of a couple things, but the main thing is just the stupid shit everyone's been making. Yeah. The tank <laughs> was the one that got me. The fully functional tank is insane and I love it. And here I am, barely able to build a functional boat without sinking. But it's <laughs> the fact that you can do this crazy stuff is awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is worth the six-year wait for sure. This is if if this is the last big game of the Switch before the successor, this is such a worthy send-off. And they've sort of said that this is sort of the future of Zelda, like following this sort of formula of this open-world Zelda. Mm -hmm. And I can see why. Like, obviously, the next one shouldn't and probably won't be in the same world as this was. They can't really pull it off a third time. But um, this game completely earns its title as a sequel and the future of the series. Like, yeah, it, it's remarkable. So we'll be, once, we'll be talking about it in depth 
at some point, who knows when, because it's going to take us forever to play it. Like, we, d- we have to figure <laughs> out our schedule for coverage of this game. And of course, we've yeah. got Future Redeems, which we'll be covering in the meantime. Um, but yeah, you're, you guys are in for something special if you haven't started playing it yet. That's basically it. I just wanted to sort of get those early thoughts out there. It good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, that really brings us to the end of this podcast. That's pretty much it. So thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Thank you for sticking around with us. Of course, you can find us here on Bunch of Jokers on YouTube for video versions of podcasts and certain reactions with audio-only versions on podcasting sites like Spotify, etc. But Kai, where else can people find you at? Uh, they can find me at twitch.tv forward slash where I will be starting, as we said, uh, Future Redeemed very soon. By the time this video comes out, I would have been like halfway through it. Mm. Um, luckily I've not really been spoiled on that at all so who knows all I know is that I'm I'm gonna be full of beans yeah um, true <laughs> so you know if you want to see my reactions I will be over there and soon after that uh, those videos will be uploaded to YouTube as well of course and we'll have links in the description to those below as well as a link to our friend Sam who's our graphic designer who makes all our thumbnails and the channel logo so thanks again Sam And that's it, so just stay tuned to Bunch of Jokers. Of course, our monthly podcast, first Sunday of each month, but also coverage on Future Redeemed coming out shortly, and Tears of the Kingdom at some subsequent point after that. So, yeah, see you guys then. Goodbye. See ya.